This is Emmanuel Sanders, and you listen to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with Byron Lambert as we uh, round out this week and round out mini camps as NFL teams begin to send their players off and cross their fingers that they don't go out and do anything too goddamn stupid over the course of the next five weeks before they reemerge for training camps before we get started with unpacking some of that stuff and talking about some awesome new tools we're putting up at rosterwatch.com a quick reminder that if you go and give the podcast a five-star rating and review in apple podcasts and leave your twitter handle once we get to 400 ratings and reviews and we're we're really ramping up right now up towards that 400 once we get to 400 we're going to be selecting a group of you guys to give roster watch pro memberships to for the entire 2019 season so that will give you access to all the pro podcasts it'll give you access to not only the in-season stuff the fantasy stuff the dfs stuff dfs preseason stuff all of that content all of the premium podcasts everything that you get with a roster watch pro subscription which is one of the best values in all of fantasy uh, as it is, but we're giving away a few of them for free to you, the listeners, just by giving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. But make sure you leave your Twitter handle so if you're selected, we know how to get a hold of you so you can claim your prize. That is an Apple Podcasts five-star rating and review. With that said, Byron, we got a bunch of shit that we're going to be putting up at Roster Watch this week. I worked my, – my wife and kids were out of town, so I worked all week on the – probably the – biggest beast of a tool that I'll make out of these preseason tools, not counting the cheat sheet, which was the 2019 projected individual wide receiver versus cornerback cumulative matchup rankings for the top 55 in ADP. I'd like to sort of go over those as we project out who these wide receivers are going to be seeing um, for the plurality of their routes during these particular matchups. And we take the cumulative formula that we've devised to be able to look at a season long perspective on some of these guys that have you know, really good individual wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. And the guys who have really bad ones to see if we want to be discounting them. Let's talk. We're we're going to talk about that. We're of course going to run a simulation or two using version 1.5 of the PPR cheat sheet, which should get an update to version 1.6 over the course of the weekend. And first though, we want to hit on a couple of topics just coming out of mini camps that you had written down. Alex, I thought you'd like this man. I just got done landing my first 30 inch redfish earlier today. Is, is is that in the slot out there? You can't keep anything right now because they're all recovering from red tide. So one year moratorium. What is what is what is red tide and what is a moratorium again? I I remember we looked that up on the air one time. It's funny it's a moratorium like a a uh, it's just saying like it's a like we're putting a moratorium on the on on talk about uh, fucking Latavius Murray right? There's something like that. We're not going to talk about it. I think it's like putting the kibosh on something yeah i hope that's what it means because that's what i think it means and that's <laughs> I, how i used it 
<laughs> yeah, I can look it up. Moratorium. I, I, I think that's what it is. I think it's like a break from, like, a, sort of like a mandated break from a topic or subject. Um, let's it's see. Funny. A, t- it's- a, t- a temporary prohibition of, of, of an activity. Yeah. Okay. Funny, if depending on who you ask, you get a different answer every time about what red tide it is. And it's like this very unscientific thing around here. But it appears the general consensus is it's just a big algae bloom. And they encounter it almost every year. It's just, it's usually just kept in check by the ecosystem. But once in a generation, it gets totally out of whack and kind of consumes the coastlines in different areas and it chokes out all the life because it takes all the oxygen out of the water. I can't believe the one time that you move out there to Florida, you're part of Florida, you can't eat the fish out of the water. How far out do you need to go? You can eat them. There's lots of good eating fish and fish that I've gotten out here to eat already. It's just the things, and the red tide was last year that it was real bad. So things have recovered and the fish are fine to eat, but so many fish died last year that they're just letting the populations recover for a year. So one year, temporary prohibition, snook, speckled trout, and redfish in the bay and off the beach. But there's a ton of other stuff that's, you know, that you can get into. I just, I caught a nice sheep's head this morning. So we caught that or we kept that. I'm going to eat that tonight. And then, uh, you know, they say, because those things just eat on the crustaceans all day. So they call it kind of like a poor man. Sheep's head's delicious. Poor man's lobster. And then, did you just catch it off the jetty? That's where I always catch my sheep's head. I caught him in a mangrove. How did you get out to a mangrove? Were you on a boat? Yeah, I was out putzing around on this little rickety little rig today. This guy could this guy couldn't believe when I wrangled in this thirty inch red today. But uh, (laughs) so were you with a guide? Yeah, man. One of my one of my longtime fishing buddies happened to be passing through town today and he was he was bugging me about getting out and putzing around on this bay. So found something nice. found something cheap and easy and boy, it really worked out better than expected. Sheep said for dinner on 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 the grill with the sound and, of the surf and, behind you, huh? Yeah, we had a triple tail on too. We got him into the boat, but he was just a couple inches too small to keep and that's those are supposed to be fantastic eaters. I've heard well. uh, I've heard all about those, but I don't even know what a triple tail is. I think that's something out there, in, like off off Alabama, and Florida. I've never encountered those off of Texas or Louisiana. It, when, they're, it? when they're smaller, they look like a giant crappie. I think when they get hmm. bigger, way out on the reefs, ten twenty miles out, I think they start to look a little. You know how fish do. When fish start to get real big, they start to kind of transform and you know they they start to look a little different but grow some big old lips these normal (laughs) these normal these normal ones in the bay it looks like a giant crappie a lot of freshwater fishermen will know what that is anyways on to the nfl news let's put a moratorium on the fishing talk and get started with the nfl talk what do you want to start with two game suspension likely for jets tight end chris herndon a huge safety net on the roster watch cheat sheet today and do you know today, what i saw that it's today. fine and the thing that in the th- do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna flip him and mark andrews and you like and maybe if you're gonna be if if you're i think what that's going to do with the cheat sheet is make it to where if you miss on tight end at the spots where jared cook is and the spots for some reason man in simulations with 1.5 we've been getting a little bit of evan ingram but if you miss on the jared cook in the ninth round you miss on a hunter henry in the eighth round you miss on an evan ingram in the seventh round 
you know, and that would represent extreme value with all those guys falling. Your, your, a, your ASJ thing has completely gone out the window over the last, what, 30 to 45 days. Yeah, I think that Mark Andrews is, is going to be, you know, just draft Chris Herndon and Mark Andrews and, and see how things start from, from, from there. And you know what? You know what? If you miss on any, any of those, it's like by the time you get down there, man, you're playing Russian roulette with these tight ends anyway. And Vance McDonald's always available. Trey Burton's always available. Where's Goddard going? I, I think Goddard's usually. I don't have the ADPs pulled up, and we don't get him very often. Um, but just let me see. I'll just I'll pull up the the, uh, AD, the PPR ADP consensus that we pulled. I guess just what's what is today? The fourteenth. So. Actually, we'll be getting another one pulled tomorrow. So this ADP consensus would have been from the, around the 7th. But um, Dallas Goddard, yeah, I mean, at the he's free. He's also free. And what, where are the rookies? Pick 210. Pick 210. Where are Fant and Hawkinson going? Um, let's see. I'm certainly not getting either of, the, either of those guys. Um because it just doesn't make any you – know, Hawkinson is around 116, so you're needing to take him in the t- what, wow. 10th round. Wow. Yeah. And then Fant is um, much, much later. Looks like Noah Fant goes around the time of Kyle Rudolph. Still, long before any of these guys. I mean, no, it, it makes no sense to me that Noah Fant's going fucking 70 spots ahead of Dallas Goddard. No, it really highlights the disparity. I mean, six, six, 60 spots ahead of Jack Doyle, 80 spots ahead of the guys like the Mark, the Mark Andrews of the world. Ian, you know, 110 spots higher than Ian Thomas. I mean, at that point, you're, dra- <laughs> at that point you're drafting one or two of those guys late to put on top of a stacked roster at other positions, and then you're playing waiver wire tight end for the yeah, majority of the season. Like the you're, like you're, you're going to be doing you're that gonna, if you, you're going to be doing that any, if you draft TJ Hawkinson or any of the, you're going to be doing that if you draft almost any of these guys, man. Like After the top guys, there's such a, such a fall off. The Golden Sun, Anthony Miller, expected to be ready for camp. A little, we, little hype permeating the ethos and feels like in recent Weeks, where are we on the golden sun, Anthony Miller? I feel like for a while he could be had for free so late that it still made sense to buy in on him on a year two breakout that we've kind of, you know, that's kind of always been predictable, but I'm still worried about Mitch Trubisky and all the mouths to feed that offense, Alec. Well, well, we just look at it, and right now he's going in the 13th round, and we're taking him in the 13th round. I think it's fine. I mean, wide receiver 53. I, how are Curtis Samuel and Anthony Miller and Marquez Valdez Scantling wide receivers fifty two through fifty four? It's just that's 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 amazing to me. Those are three guys that I'm very interested in. Well, and, Miller and and Valdez Scantling, both guys I wanted to talk about on today's podcast. So I mean, those are good. I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts, man. Well, all right. I just got done doing the. Well, I just talked about the 2019 projected individual wide receiver versus cornerback cumulative matchup rankings of the top 55 ADPs and Anthony Miller only barely made it on there because he's a, he had a top. I actually, I think I made it the top 55 just so I could get some of these guys who I'm interested in like Curtis Samuel, Anthony Miller and MVS on this sheet. Right. But here's the, here's the thing about Anthony Miller, Byron, if you go back and you look on uh, pro football focus or on sports info solutions, 
any place where you can uh, where, where you can just examine the slot rate from last year, Anthony Miller's their slot wide receiver. So, I mean, what do you what is it that you're worried? I don't I don't feel like anybody's going to come in and take those take those reps away from him. Oh, fair enough. Just you know, I just wonder what kind of ceiling. Trubisky has and you know how that's going to be distributed. Eli Manning, Eli Manning sucked and he was fine with Odell Beckham I'm not saying that Odell, that Odell, Anthony Miller's Odell Beckham but if I just I would recommend going back and watching Anthony Miller's Memphis highlights oh just as, just as, just as a quick reminder just as a quick reminder you know I never need too much to get excited about Miller time just but just to get I kind of needed to give myself a reminder. I think the listeners should go give themselves a reminder of what well, Anthony know, well, Miller is. Who scored seven goddamn touchdowns last year with his shoulder out of socket? Well, what's what? I mean, what, 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 and, what, and Byron, he he has the he he has the second best schedule of anybody in fantasy football as far as his projected wide receiver versus cornerback matchups because of the attention that Alan, that Allen Robinson and some of these others are, are are going to draw away from him in in this lot. And it just so happens he actually goes up against a pretty. I mean, a pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, a really, a, a really awesome slot wide receiver, um, slot wide receiver schedule. I mean, he gets to face Detroit twice. That's Tease Tabor, who's horrible. He gets PJ Williams. He's going to probably get two rookies in the first five weeks, and Jimmy Moreland and, and Trayvon Mullen. Um, he's going to get. Uh, did I say PJ Williams? He's, he's get Sidney Jones. He gets this dude uh, Garrett Haley, who's just awful for the New York Giants. Like there is a there is a pathway here for Anthony Miller to lead this team in receptions, and I think if you can get him in the thirteenth round, it is it's incredible. Like I, I'm I'm excited about this beast of a strength of schedule tool because there are some players here in the top seven, top eight that I was extremely interested in anyway. That this is just further evidence, and at roster watch, we, we we love agreement among these tools. Um, I, I'm still on board with Anthony Miller, especially his price. Look, if he's if it starts costing us a ninth round pick, uh, I'm not gonna you know we'll jump off board, and we and we always do that, man, don't we? I, I, I love I I love a, I love a reason to double down on the golden sun, Anthony Miller, late in drafts, and I was reminded of his sickness when I was wrapping up my scouting for this year's wide receiver rookie class because I Anthony Miller technically had the highest grade of anybody I've scouted in the last two years. Now I was close with him and Harry. I think I've gotten a little stodgier year by year. So I've, you kind of adjust for that and, and the industry consensus on Harry I'd probably maybe give him a little bit of a nod when all things are close there. But I mean, I, I was reminded that Anthony Miller had an extraordinarily you know, he's not, you know, we haven't seen any A.J. Greens or Julio Jones in a few years. But as in terms of what's been coming to us, Anthony Miller has certainly been right at the top of the heap uh, in terms of wide receiver talent the last few years. So you're right, man. You turn on a little. Oh, I mean, I got excited. Fuck watching Daryl Henderson and Tony Pollard tape this year because I got to watch so much. I got to relive so many moments with the Golden Sun, Anthony Miller, <laughs> on his 2018 tape at Memphis. Yeah. So yeah, totally, totally like Anthony Miller. Um, I think that well, I, I'm not. He's 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 my wide receiver five. I well, love the upside there. It's, it's like I, I love that. While we're here on this topic, let me get to a couple of these other guys. I think deserve some discussion. Uh, we've been hearing some interesting and very positive news percolate out of Baltimore recently about a long time 
I'd call him a, 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 a golden son, Chris Moore, at least a former, I think, all-senior bowler, roster watch, all-senior bowl team. Oh, Chris he's a golden son. No, out we follow there. each other on Twitter. Like, I, I, I've, been on, uh, I've been on Matt Kelly's Roto Underworld podcast, and he's asked me, like, he always asks me, who's the guy you, you want truther status on? I'm like, you want really deep truther status? Like, it's Chris Moore. Do you remember how sick he was that week at the Senior Bowl? Do you yes. remember what he did versus William Jackson whenever Houston played Cincinnati? Yeah, Chris Moore is a dog out there, man. Was or did did he play for Cincinnati? In in college, it was it was Cincinnati that Chris Moore played at, wasn't it? I think William Jackson played for Houston. They're in the same division, I think. It's confusing now because William Jackson is a cornerback for the Cincinnati Bengals. But do you remember all the all all the buzz over that guy, right? And Chris yeah. Moore just ate his fucking lunch. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting with all the attention on Hollywood Brown and that draft pick? I mean, I, there's I mean, with Crabtree and all those guys gone. It, it, is there a sneaky opportunity for Chris Moore, or is that just non-relevant because of the Lamar Jackson and all the other guys they drafted? Both. Because I there's think, been so much. I good think the Chris stuff. Moore has so an opportunity. Positive news about Chris Moore lately, and yeah, and, I, and then, Steve, is it Steve Smith? Or, Somebody out there that's a former Raven really talking about how he could be the next guy right now. Well, what, what, was it Crabtree when he left or was it John Brown when he left? I forget which one tweeted out something. Somebody asked him something and they said that Chris Moore is the best wide receiver. You know, like Chris, Chris Moore was the best wide receiver even when we were there. You know, something like that. Do you remember that tweet? Yes. It was – I forget whether John it was Crabtree Harp, or John, John Harp the 10th recently said Chris Moore ready for a bigger role. Ravens owner Steve Biscotti, Biscotti referred to Chris Moore as a breakout candidate. Those have come out from upper management, from the brass, from Ravens brass in recent. I love it. My truth or status is finally going to be is, is finally going to pay off. I own Chris Moore in every. I, <laughs> it does. His his ADP is. D D N M does not matter. It's like I don't even know. It's like he's free. So he'll be he'll be a waiver wire guy during the year. He'll be a waiver wire cheat sheet. He'll be a DFS cheat sheet tournament. It's play. just it's just hard. It, it, it's it's hard to break out in that system with Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is apparently still looks like shit. But if you pick the right guy who hits a couple of big plays in the right week. I could see that happening. And Chris Moore. Do you remember that source that told us about Lamar Jackson uh, at one of those camps that he was driving around on? And like, he just was just thinking about it. He he really had, he really had to do a bunch of hand patting with that guy and telling him where to be, where to go. Like, make sure you pack your toothbrush, do all your stuff like that. And it gave us a little bit of a worry about the way he'd be able to handle these responsibilities at the NFL level. He sure, it sure seems like the inconsistencies are really continuing, even though there's been a whole off season of, of, of time to. That said, you really hate, really hate changing the offense and going from year one to year two. I know you got to just take your lumps in the short term, maybe for the long term benefit. But that feels that for a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's already going through a transition. You hate having to see him, you know, change offenses from year one to year two. Let me ask you, Alex. There's been some viral video going around of. Actually, a very polarizing topic. People can't tell if Emmanuel Sanders looks good or if he looks bad in this video. Um, Is that the one I, that Coach D-Rob posted? 
I don't know who posted where he's running these routes. And I mean, I think the point is you made the point on the, our recent iTunes podcast with Trashman that at the very least, I think you have to admit he's maybe moving better than you thought for somebody that's not that far removed from Achilles at that age, whether he's really looking like he can recover, you know, his technical capabilities in and out of routes with explosion and precision. I think that's probably up for debate what people are actually seeing there, but always inspiring when people always stirring the conversational pot, when you get some video like that, uh, kind of going viral on Twitter, what do you make of Emmanuel Sanders? I've pretty much just been counting him pretty much good as, gone and i think maybe that's been a blind spot and i'm curious you know do we need to readjust our expectations for Cortland sutton deshaun hamilton is emmanuel sanders a guy that's even in play i mean i i I, before i saw this video i would have never thought i had any interest in emmanuel sanders this year in fantasy i might have a blind spot too kind of like i feel like you know with the new news with tyreek hill maybe there's a blind spot to him a little bit because i'm i'm planning as if Emmanuel Sanders and Tyreek Hill are going to, you know, maybe be factors at some point in the season, but maybe by the time they become factors, I will have already gotten to make the hay with my Deshaun Hamilton's, with my Sammy Watkins. I don't worry at all about Emmanuel Sanders' effect on Cortland Sutton. It's, it's, that to me is meaningless. In in a counterintuitive way, maybe it's better for Cortland Sutton. Put Sanders on the field so the defense has to be honest, but he's not really himself and Sutton's the outside guy that's kind of got the big surging talent I mean I kind of I think that's actually somewhat and I mean that's it's kind of it's pretty smart I I, with Deshaun I guess you worry about it a little bit I just man that was that that it wasn't like that injury occurred in the preseason man like we've seen this deal with like these late season Achilles, man. We saw it with Deontay Foreman, man. That year coming back, you can hear all the reports in the world from Coach D. Rob and stuff. Like you know, he's he's out there running. He's doing a great job. He's a hard worker. We put this video out. Or like when I talk to Coach D. Rob, he like he's always going to pump these guys up, just like Deontay's dad. When I talk to him, is always going to pump what up Deontay. What's going on with him? Right? They'll send you videos of him cutting and like all the like it's the same. It's the same thing. They're with these same trainers in Houston and Dallas, and they're getting this work done, and they're and they're 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 looking better and better, and the people around them are surprised and they're amazed at their recovery. And Jesus Christ, of course you should be amazed at that recovery. This is a human being. Like this seems like they have bionic powers. They could be running around and jumping and shit like that after they tore their Achilles. How long did it take your boy Hoff to even get out of a god? He he, he was in a cast for nine fucking months or something with that Achilles. Motherfucker was in a wheelchair and shit. Like oh, these guys, dude, he's, are, not, he's never recovered from that. These man. these guys are out here he drank running. too much damn beer and didn't do enough rehab, and he's. And, and and physical therapy and he's never recovered from that injury the, these guys and and you, you know god god forbid hoff here's just talking about him because we certainly love that guy but but it's like the but these achilles what these guys are doing is superhuman as it is so of course people are excited you say holy shit look at him running routes it's just different though man it's different being out there running routes versus air and doing this stuff than it is being on a football field, you, you know, having to where you don't have to think about, worry about if, if I plant here, is it going to is it going to explode up out again? Is it going to all this other stuff? It's just I don't think that I think that people who make a comeback from this come back maybe you know, later in the next year or you know have basically one lost season a la Deontay Foreman 2018 before they even make an attempt. We don't even know if Deontay Foreman is going to come back. We think he is. 
But we don't we don't know how good he's going to look once he comes back. I hope I, I hope and hope and hope not only for Deontay and his family and uh, you know all all his fans here around Austin that rooted him on at Texas, but also for a ton of my dynasty leagues. I I I, I hope that he's going to be back to good. But we still don't even know, you know. And so with Emmanuel Sanders, I know it's a different different guy, different body, different position, right? But it's still like it's a, it's a torn Achilles, man. I mean, Dr. David Chow has said from the very beginning, you know, there's very little chance that he doesn't start out the season on the physically unable to perform list. And so right now I'm, 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 you know, until further notice, I am going to have it in my mind that that's the most likely outcome and that we should draft Ashawn Hamilton accordingly. I don't, it, I don't feel like it has any effect on, on Cortland Sutton. The 2019 Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy football players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Rosterwatch Cheat Sheet all you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft, is guaranteed. It's magical. It's mystical. It's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet only at rosterwatch.com. Alex, two young wide receivers who actually, in some ways, remind me of each other. Uh, you've kind of been hot on the. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling Trail ever since uh, your podcast with I believe with Pat uh, was that Pat Fitzmaurice and uh, I know that Trashman and you were recently speaking about Traquan Smith uh, in your podcast as kind of a trashy a, a later round a breakout player two kind of lightning fast second year wide receivers with good quarterbacks. How are things shaping up for Marquez Valdez Scantling, who we're seeing, we're hearing the good reports come out now out of Green Bay this last week or two? The cat may be starting to creep out of the bag there, but he and Traquan Smith, how are we treating those guys right now? Well, and the other guy that the other guy that Aaron Rodgers really continues to talk about is Jake Kumaro, who I who we know our roster watch nation knows very well from last preseason because he Damn was it, on Jake Kumaro. Well, I mean, I don't mean to be a trash man, but uh, when Aaron Rodgers talks about a guy and he does have the athletic measurables of a Jake Kumaro, and dude, Jake, Jake, Jake Kumaro's cousins with the Bosa's. I think Jake Kumaro's dad was a first round draft pick. He has two cousins, two first cousins that are first round draft picks. So, I mean, he, he's an athletic dude. They and share he, DNA. He shares yeah. DNA with the Bosa's. Yeah. It's first, first cousin. I think first cousins. Um, I, I, I heard that on um, – on Sir- I think Ross Tucker talked about that on the SiriusXM NFL. Um, but, yeah, I'd have to look it up and confirm. But he, I think he said first cousins. And there's also the fact that, you know, there was a bunch of talk about him during the whole pre- – we, we, we played him every week in preseason until he got hurt. He got hurt um, – I forgot what it was that he got hurt, but I think he got hurt when he was like scoring a touchdown or something like that. I forget exactly what it was. Like he 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 really blew up. So the fact that he's getting all the talk from Aaron Rodgers right now, it's like 
it's just something to keep in the back of our mind, maybe for Dynasty. But I think MVS, you know, they've actually ex- expended draft capital on him. We've heard a lot of talk from Aaron Rodgers about him. He's taken the majority of the snaps outside with the first group. I just think it makes it makes it's like a no brainer. He's probably going to be the number two. He's going to be the number two wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, and you can have him in like the somewhere between the eleventh and the thirteenth round as your wide receiver five. It's just, I mean, yeah, and, and the same thing. I can't. The same exact things can't be said for Traquan Smith. Of course, he plays on a different team. We haven't heard quite the same buzz about him. But boy, there's just a quiet sense there of of impending doom with the depth in that wide receiver core. Because, you know, they've, they, it doesn't look like Cameron Meredith is any lock to make the 53-man roster. It looks like he's still having trouble recovering the knee. They've had to sign him off. They've had to sign Rashad, Rashad Matthews off the goddamn streets. You know, they don't, they don't have much there. Traquan Smith's a dude that they've spent a second. Did they spend a second or a third round pick on Traquan? It was, I, I know DJ Shark was a second round pick. I think Traquan was a second round pick, man. Give me a second. I'll look it up. Yes, yeah, but so it's like there's the, the there's the there's the draft capital there with Traquan Smith. He's an all senior bowl teamer who we loved during his time at the senior bowl. Um, third he, round pick, third. Nine. All right, so he's a he's a day two pick, and we know the difference between day two and day three. He's a he's a, he's a day two pick, and yeah, but I mean now, now that we're talking about it, I'm going to make a note to kind of get him up because I've been getting a little bit goosey about Robert Foster. With his recent foot injury bullshit, maybe we should be trying to maybe trying to get some of that exposure that we were getting to Robert Foster at that point in the draft and shifting that to Traquan Smith. So I'm, I'm actually going to be making a note of that, and that will be something that we do in version 1.6 of the cheat sheet that I'll get out this weekend. A couple other little headlines here. I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time on them, but looks like – Dwayne Haskins is going to definitely have a shot, they're saying, to start week one. I'm not sure that's a surprise, and I'm not necessarily sure we were really all that interested. And in, I mean, do we still have any interest in uh, Trey Quinn, or has that ship sailed for this season? Is that a dynasty? I do a dynasty. I do a dynasty. It's just unless you have the deepest, deepest rosters, there's so many of these players we really want. You can, yeah, but they, who else did they, they brought in a, another Ohio State wide, they got Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, who we love. You know, it's and, like, and that's a dynasty Has- play, Haskins too. Haskins liked a guy like Paris Campbell and a, a kind of a big slot, and that's really what Trey Quinn is, as a big slot, you know, we'll see if he's. People forget that he's not just a little tiny scrawny no, little he's a big bitch. Slot. He's a big slot. Shake the, man's, shake, shake the man's hand, kind of touch him on the shoulder. You realize, dude, he's pretty, he's pretty substantial. Not that this is giant news, something we've always known at Roster Watch. I think we're ready to see it manifest, though. <clears throat> a little bit like with Derrick Henry. Uh, word coming out of Jacksonville is, you know, we've heard a lot of talk in recent weeks about this being a Leonard Fournette offense and this and that. But this, this – this narrative, uh, particularly surrounding uh, Fournette's involvement or projected involvement in the passing game moving forward for this year, um, sounds like there could be an uptick there. A very capable wide receiver, and sounds like they're you know they're going to need him on those downs to catch those passes uh, from Nick Foles. I think we've probably already got much of that fact in Fournette, a guy we've talked all offseason about making sure that you know at his current value we circle back around for another 
bite of the apple this year at, you know, not a hundred percent exposure, but at that draft value, uh, certainly third round, uh, come on, certainly a guy. Yeah. Third round. I mean, he could be the number one player in fantasy if he stays healthy and not that it'll happen, but I mean, he's certainly capable of that. And, you know, maybe we haven't talked enough about how Nick Foles has affected him. Alex, I'm glad that you, you reeled me back in a little bit recently on a podcast on a guy that we've all loved, a guy I was extremely high on in the draft process last year, but maybe I got a little bit goosey circumstantially on Christian Kirk. But uh, since that podcast where you kind of reeled me back in on our affinity for Kirk at, at, a, at a not so bad price, you know, currently good reports coming out of Arizona about his potential target share and him being the best receiver there and this and that. And I know we like Kyler Murray. So look, I mean, I don't, are you getting crazy value in seventh, eighth round? If in fact, that's still where Christian Kirk is going, not necessarily, but look, we know at that point, your draft, it's always, that's the point in the draft where it's totally become a crapshoot. And at this, at that point, that's a good young player that we've really admired. And we've had slated for a year two breakout, you know, since, since last- he was in college. Yeah, you know, we're like this. This guy needs a year, and we and the reason why. Now we have to admit our reasoning was flawed. Our reasoning was the year two breakout comes because Larry Fitz retires after this year, and that's when Christian Kirk gets to move into the slot exclusively, and that's when the breakout happens, right? So it was flawed. It's because Larry Fitz didn't retire. We're not going to necessarily get him completely out of the slot like we would want, and it's not in the same offense that it was us projecting that it was going to be in. But the reason is the year two breakout is going to occur is because this is in a dude, this is in, this is in a, this is in a Kingsbury offense. It's the type of offense that Christian Kirk knows exactly how to operate within. And Kingsbury loves Christian Kirk. I mean, it's like, I can guarantee you that Kyler Murray loves Christian Kirk. I can guarantee you that those guys have thrown the football together. They practice together. They've done things down in Texas. It is, um, it's just something that has happened. So Alex, it, give us like, a, Give us a prediction, a Christian Kirk prediction for the 2019 season. What, just what kind of prediction? Like a prediction for his stats or a prediction for – I'll say Christian Kirk finishes as – I mean, I don't have anything too outlandish. I'll just say he finishes as a, as a mid to a mid to low-level wide receiver too that you can get wide receiver three prices right now. Well, that sounds uh, like a guy that we're going to want to look to have on our rosters. What do you say about we table these young running backs till next time, Alex? Yeah. All right. So just wanted to go over a few of these guys at the top of the strength of schedule tool. And you can just give me your quick thoughts before we run one simulation and get out of here. Larry Fitzgerald has the best schedule of any wide receiver when you project out the individual wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. Running out of the slot there for Arizona, they face a lot of guys that project to be pretty weak slot corners over the course of the season. As it stands, it's probably the worst, um, the worst group overall that anybody's going to face. Old man Larry Fitzgerald, can you get on board with him for one more year? Well, I mean, based on our little talk about Christian Kirk, all I can hope at this point is that, you know, sometimes these things spill over to the teammates. And uh, all I can hope at this point is that maybe it's Christian Kirk who surfs that that wave that uh, is uh, looking so good for Larry Fitzgerald as well this year. In second place, Anthony Miller. We already talked about him. Let's go over the top four here, okay? In third place, a guy that we were getting a ton of, <laughs> a guy we're getting a ton of using the cheat sheet, who you have been a little bit unsure of, Devin Funches. 
It was uh, Trash Man who was unsure of Devin Funches. Yeah, I, 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 I like it. Fall off season. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like him per se, but I see where you're coming from, and I liked him in best ball. I think if you can get him late, and you're, I heard you guys did that ran on a mock recently on on that pod, and I think you all got Funches. You know, as your wide receiver five or something, and you know, you I think do. that's great. Like, you love that. Yeah. And Andrew Luck, a big X wide receiver at your wide receiver five. I, I do love that. And then here's the uh, here's number four. You you can get the whole list at rosterwatch.com. I'll probably do another pod where I break this down in a lot greater detail. Also talk about some pretty concerning guys here at the very bottom of the list, but at the very top of the list, a guy who we might have projected for a, a second year breakout rightly this time. Calvin Ridley, number four. I mean, I how can you not like Calvin Ridley? No, a lot of it's a lot of tweets lately about him being overvalued compared to other guys in his. He kind of is. He kind of feels like he is. So I think he's a decent play, right? Bottom line, I'd love to know what the trash man thinks about Calvin Ridley. The trash man? Well, we can. You'll he's be the guy that. you can trust to have a good take on a player like that that nobody's real sure about. In that kind of in that kind of circumstantial setup, I very, very, very rarely trust the trash man to have a good take on anything. You want to run a simulation real quick uh, using the one point five of the cheat sheet, even though it's about to get updated to one point six. Yeah, man, I can't wait to hear how this goes. All right, so do you want to do three wide receivers or two wide receivers in this one? Well, if we do two wide receivers, are we doing two flex? We can do that. That's fine. You want to do yeah. two wide receiver, two flex? Two running back, two wide receiver, two flex. Okay. Two wide receiver, two running back, two flex. And then what spot should we pick from? Four spot. The four spot. All right. This is probably going to be an Alvin Kamara team. We'll see. Um, drafting gets the experts at Fantasy Pros, the composite ADP of these sites. RT Sports, MyFantasyLeague.com, Fantrax, and Fantasy Football Calculator, Mock Draft, ADP getting pulled in. We start the draft picking from the four-hole. This is a 12-team PPR league using 1.5 of the roster watch cheat sheet and following the rules to the T versus all of these other uh, ADPs and players and sites. Yes, yeah, so we like we thought. It's an Alvin Kamara team, and I love picking at that four spot and just getting able to see who falls between Barkley, McCaffrey, Zeke and Kamara and just getting the earlier pick coming around here in the second round. And here we get to the second round and it looks like, Ooh, this is going to be close. Do I have a choice here or do I have to take, uh, and I think I have to take Antonio Brown. Um, let's see. Just What's the sure. fret about? What's the fret about an Alvin oh. Kamara, Antonio Brown, PPR team to begin? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I, I thought, I thought I was going to have to choose between him and Damian Williams. But I don't. It's it's instructing me to take Antonio. Can you believe what we're what you just said? Yeah, crazy. Just, I want you to turn the clock back twelve months and tell that to yourself to to, to yourself last year, and you would have just you would your I eyes would have believed it. Here. Wide receiver heavy to start, but we're gonna love getting uh, getting T Y Hilton here at pick three point four. That's just too late. So hopefully the cheat sheet is going to. Uh, st- going to lead us back to some running back depth and here it is doing just that uh, 4.9 Derrick Henry falls so we start out Alvin Kamara Derrick Henry Antonio Brown T.Y. Hilton boy do I like oh, that oh, 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 oh <laughs> um, what a team of beasts 
It looks like our next pick is going to be here in the fifth round. Chris Godwin falls to pick 5.4. I should say, coincidentally, he has about the he has the seventh best schedule out of the top 55. So even though we've been a little bit high on him, I'm comfortable uh, keeping him up as high as we've had him so far, just because uh, we're getting these interesting signs from um, from our now, various tools. Where can second. people see where can people see where where those rankings are, Alex, on those wide receiver schedules? You see Chris Godwin, the number seven wide receiver schedule of all yeah. fantasy players this year. Yeah, just over at Roster Watch, man. Just go into your pro download section and check it out. Um, Mark Ingram has fallen. This that's where you can get this cheat sheet. Where we can get all our, this is this is why we do the pod to tell people about Roster Watch Pro, where you can get all this all all, all this bullshit. Um, Mark Ingram, our second flex player at the end of the sixth round. Unbelievable! Oh, tr- oh, look who's look who's fallen. So we have filled out now our entire starting lineup of two wide receiver, two running back, two flex because Hunter Henry falls to pick seven point four. So <laughs> that's just an unbelievable start. Let's just see where how. Let's see how the, the way this thing finishes up. This is the, the best team I've ever heard of. I yeah. take this team right now. I think you're going to like it even more because for the pick, season, and I'd call it a day if I could. Pick, I would. I pick 8.9, we get Anthony Miller. <laughs> I pick 9.4. I don't necessarily love this, but I think for, a, for, I think for our running back four, Lamar Miller at the beginning of the ninth round is fine, right? Fine, they're committed to Lamar Miller early in the season. It's, he's yeah. a fine guy to put in your flex to begin the season. I pick 10.9, we'll, get our, we'll wrap up our quarterback and we'll get Kyler Murray. Getting a whole ton of him. Here he comes. We just talked about him earlier. Devin Funches. We will get him here at pick 11.4. The third best schedule uh, as far as individual wide receiver cornerback matchups and all of fantasy. Looks like we'll have three more picks here. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is who we get next. So starting to fill up a little bit of those, these wide receivers with the players that we talked about that we really like a lot. Jalen Samuels. Big playmakers at wide receiver. Jalen Samuels at pick uh, 13.4. And let's see with our 14th round pick who we're going to be able to swing here. And we're going to have our choice between going with a backup quarterback. I mean, the sheet says to take Phillip Rivers. But I think that at this point in time, we already have our quarterback. And it, Byron, what do you say? Is it, is it time to pull the trigger on Kalen Balaj? Oh, it's been the time was yesterday, my friends. <laughs> All right. So, so here's the team. Uh, at quarterback, Kyler Murray, the running backs. And this is a 12-team league, guys. This is just following the cheat sheet, running a simulation of, 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 of random players, right, from, all these di- from, from learning from all these different platforms. The quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, the running backs are Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, Jalen Samuels, and Kalen Balaj. The wide receivers are Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Chris Godwin, Anthony Miller, Devin Funches, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The tight end is Hunter Henry, and that, that roster is balanced. We took value every single turn because the sheet of paper, Byron, the sheet of paper is made of magic. Dude, I cannot believe Jalen Samuels in round 13 and Balaj in 14. Those are the two biggest steals in all of fantasy. Kalen Balaj could be a, like, he could be a serious, he's going to be the 1A in that backfield. <laughs> 